Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's Explanations with Dr. Doe. Let's do this Explanations podcast, episode 35, with my friend Mick. How's it going, Mick? It's going pretty well. Yeah? I'm getting to talk to uh, my old friend, Lindsay, who I've <laughs> known for literal years now. Yeah, it's so fun. But we don't see each other because where are you at right now? I don't even know where you are. I'm in Portland now. Mm. But, uh, but you know, I, I was in Lindsay's hometown of Missoula for, for a while. Yeah. Like many, many, many years. And we worked on sexual health projects for the community, which was really great, uh, including a really amazing polyamory event where you're instrumental in helping the community feel safe and uh, helping with education and support and validation. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for doing all of that. I'm thinking about Portland and how there are so many cool sexologists there that I now want to hook you up with because you're in Portland. This is such great news. I am very busy. I have limited time for meeting up with with great sexologists, though I will probably make time to do that. (laughs) Yeah, priorities. So do you want to talk to me about some sex terms going back to an episode called A to Z sex terms from this Explanations YouTube show? I would love to do that. Fun. Okay. Before we do that, I have a question that we ask in honor of our highest pledging patrons at Sexplanations podcast Patreon page. These individuals have been really amazingly supporting, supportive from the beginning. We have Donna Flint, Paul Nixon, and the Millers. So here's your question. Now it's time to hold our testes. Which of these sex terms refers to cleaning up your room in case you bring someone home later to get laid? It's multiple choice. Okay, that's good. <laughs> good. A, mop to flop. B, fling cleaning. C, hook up wipe down. Or D, scour and shower. I honestly have no idea, but I really like the sound of fling cleaning. Me too. So that's what I'm going to go with. You're right. I am? Yay. You are. I was writing this question and thinking, okay, we're going to talk about sex terms. So I want to come up with a new question about sex terms. And BuzzFeed has this list of the like 2016... I think sex terms that you sh- everyone should know or are afraid to ask the meanings of. And I thought fling cleaning on that list was just adorable. That's it's so great. Right. But then I needed to come up with other answers. So I went over to there's like a break room lunch area for Complexly, which is the company that produces Sexplanations YouTube show and Sexplanations podcast. And Matthew Gatos, who has been a longtime director of the show and um, producer was sitting there and he is a very clever fellow. So I asked for his suggestions and he came up with mop to flop, hook up, wipe down and scour and shower. So shout out to Matthew Gatos. So shall we go through the list? Let's go through the list. Unless there are words that you want to teach me off the bat. Well, I, I will wait till the appropriate letter of the alphabet for those. <laughs> So fun. (laughs) I love it. All right. Let me bring up the A to Z list. I 
find that Nerdfighteria, which is a community that has been so amazing for Sexplanations, it's where we come from, it's I identify as a nerdfighter, it's the following of Hank and John Green, and they have a Wikipedia site called, I think it's called Nerdfighter Wiki, or Nerdfighteria Wiki's page, and it's so cool because I can essentially type Sexplanations, Nerdfighter, Wiki, and then key terms from any episode that I'm wondering about, and they have full transcripts written of the show. So I always know what I have or haven't talked about, and I can look it up so easily. I love it. I I was actually looking at that wiki this morning to make sure I understood what we were doing, and it is an amazing wiki. I, I was really impressed with it. Yeah, they're awesome. I don't know who does it. It's just mind-blowing to me that it's all there, curated beautifully. Like this episode, it takes every single term that we use out of the 26 for the letters of the alphabet and time codes them so that you could go directly to Zipperpole or Yancey and find out what that means. I love it. That's amazing. Right? Yeah, I agree. So going down the list... We have zipper pull. This is something that I saw in a video that Cleo Dubois did. Have you ever seen one before? Do you know what they are? I I have seen them. I know what they are. I have participated in them. You have? I have. I have not actually had them done to me, but I have been the puller of the zipper. Oh my goodness. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Okay. So do you want to describe it in words, verbally? In words verbally, uh, a zipper pull is typically done with uh, pinchers, uh, usually clothespins, and they're uh, tied on a string and they're applied most often, in my experience, to the arms, and then they're all pulled off, like right one after the other. It is intense. Yeah, it is. Uh, It's just intense for me to watch. I have never had one done to me either. In the video episode of Sexplanation Z to A, I do a zipper pull to this stuffed animal. I think it's Horton <laughs> is a who. And um, it's it's exhilarating. It, it is an amazing experience to do to a person. <laughs> um, just personally, I don't know that I would want to have it done to me. Yeah. High intensity pain for pleasure. Yeah. it's That is not my jam specifically, but... So it would be for someone who identifies maybe as a masochist who who seeks pleasure from experiencing pain. Do you identify as a sadist? I, so I don't identify as a sadist specifically. Um, When I'm involved in a relationship that plays with power dynamics, I am typically more dominant than not, Mm -hmm. though I, I am a switch technically because I really do enjoy just giving up and letting people tell me what to do. Yeah, so maybe you would identify as a sadist if you sought pleasure from inflicting pain on others. But I think more often people say, oh, I'm into S&M. They don't necessarily say I am a sadist. But I don't know. I don't know enough about the community. I have heard very few people describe themselves as sadists or masochists. They're usually... Uh, in that part of the community, at least that I've interacted with, people will talk about being a top or yeah. a dom, but very rarely use technical terms. Stay curious, right? Right. My experience of it was seeing Cleo Dubois' video and then doing it to this uh, elephant stuffed animal. But then what was really cool is we took those clothespins and I signed them 
And we gave them out as gifts to people who were supporting the show, which was really fun. Oh, that's awesome. I know, right? Making profits or what is the word I'm looking for? Supporting sex education through some BDSM props. Next one. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's a pretty solid idea. Yeah, it worked well. Uh, Let's do why. Yancey. Yancey. Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. I have to read what definition I came up with because I don't remember this one either. Slang for sexually transmitted infection. Also, a cool person, a person who can do anything and a measure of how many times someone masturbates. (laughs) That is a really wide range of meaning. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's the nice thing about English. One thing can mean so many things. Yeah, so basically you could be called a sexually transmitted infection, a cool person, a jack of all trades, or the amount of times a person masturbates. Okay, then. All right. Now we know. Xenophilia with an X. I'm going to go with that is uh, the the uh, sexual attraction or, or love of uh, things that are not necessarily human, Ooh. typically aliens. Yeah, I mean. That, that's my guess. That totally falls into the category. The adjectives would be strange, foreign, or unknown. So that totally describes an alien. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, I think the example I gave was, oh, goodness, what is that? It has Tim the tail, tail, <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor. Is that his name? And he's yes. in a sci-fi uh, movie. The Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And he has uh, xenophilia, doesn't he? Where he's... Uh, one of the characters in the movie does. the For, Oh, Fred. Yeah. Like... The, he is totally into the uh, the lovely alien person. The little Lalaria? Lalaria? Lalieri? Yes. I don't know that. And then there's also Xenophilius Lovegood, who has xenophilia in their name. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, W is a wristy. A wristy? Mm-hmm. I mean, in my, uh, <laughs> I, I would guess, like, that sounds like a handy, but, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. with using the wrist rather than the actual hand. Well. So some sort of manual stimulation of the genital with the wrist? Well, yes, it's a, it's a hand job. But I think the wristy is referring to how the wrist will move uh, the motion during the hand job. Not that you're rubbing the wrist on the penis. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you folks listening can't see this, but Lindsay is actually making the <laughs> motions of giving someone a hand job while describing this. It's delightful. <laughs> stroke, stroke, stroke. Yeah. Okay. So now I have a question. If I am describing a hand job, you can give a hand job to all genital types. I'm going to say I, yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And wristy as well. I would think that since they're basically the same thing, yeah, that would be true. Because here, so past me of four years ago said stroking the penis with one hand to cause ejaculation. But now I would say stimulating the genitals with the hand. Yeah, that's I mean, for for people who have a, a phallus, that would most often be stimulating the phallus or possibly the testicles. If you don't have a phallus, there are other things one can stimulate. Yeah. Do you do you consider the clitoris a phallus? In some ways, yes. Um, I tend to let people define their body parts the way they want to. Uh, And I know a lot of trans guys who are 
like, yeah, I, I have a phallus. It's just smaller than the average one. Mm. So, so I will, I will go. Yeah, absolutely. That is totally 100% true. I don't know that I would tell like cis women that, oh yeah, you totally have a phallus because <laughs> that seems rude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I am so fascinated by the, the bending of terminology these days. Like even saying that it's using the hand to stroke the genitals is controversial because genitals has a reproductive orientation or reproductive origin. So I'm looking for other words like an, uh, anatomy. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Erotic anatomy? Wow. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah, the only word I've got for that is junk. And that is not great for a technical term like that. When you want to sound professional, you can't say, well, you're using your hand to stimulate your partner's junk. I mean, I guess you could, but you would sound a little odd. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Let's do you. Uh, unisex. It's something applying to, to both genders. Yeah. Both in the let me rephrase all genders. I should know better. <laughs> this see, this is the problem with the with binary systems because you grow up with them for thirty five years, and you, it's really hard to break that habit. Well, you did a great job teaching Something moment. Something that applies to all genders. Yeah, unisex. The word breakdown doesn't make sense to me. That you would have one sex when it should be. Uh, what is the prefix for all? Pan. It should be uh, pan sex. Yeah. That's okay. We'll, we'll go with it. So something for every sex, it's gender blind, like clothes, bathrooms, or sports where no one is excluded because of their gender or sex. Good job. Also, I should say we could do Kegels for every new term. Okay. So every time I say the letter and then the word, we can clench and then relax. And we're going to be doing 26 of these. So our pubococcygeus muscles will be nice and strong by the end. Yes, they will. Mm. That will be more kegels than I've done in a while. <laughs> oh, no. Well, if you listen to the Sexplanations podcast, we do them every week and you'll have a super buff crotch. Well, see, the problem with that is there's no one there looking over my shoulder when I listen to it. So I can just be like, no, I'm totally doing the kegels. Yep, <laughs> this is me doing the kegels. Yeah, I wonder if that's how it works with Callie. Callie is in the room here with me uh, listening to the sound to make sure that everything gets out to the audience correctly. And she wouldn't know whether or not I was actually participating in these Kegels or not. And uh, I do. I do them anyway. Crotch health is very important. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it is. I'm a huge advocate of crotch health. Um, T, clench for tucking. Tucking, a personal favorite of mine. Oh, that yeah? one I know. Uh, that, well, that is where uh, a, a traditional masculine phallus-having person takes that phallus and uh, tucks it up underneath, uh, in between their legs to maintain the appearance of having a, a flat crotch area. Yeah. And uh, if I recall correctly... You were helping with some really cool undergarments that helped people tuck. Yes, because, well, a lot of, of uh, trans or gender nonconforming people uh, do tuck. And the stuff we have right now is not great. 
You mean the products that are out there? The products that, that are out there are, are kind of horrible. Um, there's either like really, really creepy fetishizing underwear that doesn't actually work. Uh, there are uh, mm. gaff products that are horrible. They're, they're just horrible. They're painful. They don't actually work. Wait, and they're painful. Wait, what's gaffing? Uh, it's a gaff is a uh, type of of undergarment that when you do a tuck and you you tuck your your phallus between your legs and ideally if you're doing a full tuck you would uh, pop your testicles back into your inguinal canals uh, and then the gaff holds that in place. But it's horrible. It is the most painful garment I have ever worn in my life, and I've worn tuxedo shoes for eighteen hours. So. <laughs> It is the worst. So, uh, yeah, my my business partner and my, uh, you know, actual like spouse, uh, same person, uh, we decided that that was stupid and we were going to make better versions. uh, And we did an Indiegogo and we will be shipping those out later this month, next next month. I don't know when this is going live. So sometime in February. Yeah. Okay. Tell tell us all about it. This this is so uh, perfect. I didn't realize we were going to have this like great spot to plug you. Yeah, that that's actually really cool. I wasn't going to plug it at all, but now that it's available, I'm totally going to plug it. Um, so it is called post-secondary. They're uh, gender-confirming undergarments. They're made by uh, uh, a company that I own and run called Valid. Uh, they mm. are tucking panties redesigned from the ground up so that uh, folks who are somewhere on the trans feminine spectrum and have a phallus that they want to conceal in some way have a comfortable means of doing that. You can wear these things uh, for literally all day from the moment you get up and put on your underwear until you go to bed without any overheating or chafing or anything like that. Uh, They're machine washable. They are are wonderful. They are... uh, not as uh, as fancy looking as a lot of what's on the market right now. They are uh, what, what they call boycott, and I hate that term, but I don't know a better one for them. But uh, that makes sure that they're just super comfortable. Like the idea was that most people who would need a pair of tucking panties have something for special occasions where they want to feel super sexy. Uh, this is for like getting up and going to the grocery store mm-hmm. and going to work and doing that sort of thing. And they are. Our pre-orders are shipping in February, and then we are have them available on our website, wearevalid.com. Nice. And they're they're pretty cheap. They're uh, for a, just a plain pair. They're like I want to say thirty five dollars. They might be cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. So they're they're not. You know, there are some really good talking panties on the market, but they're bespoke, high end. You know, two hundred and fifty dollar pair of underwear, which is, yeah, yeah. And they're on back order. So if you want a pair, you can get one in a few years. Like I I love them. They're beautiful. They're, they're a work of art, but I can't afford them. And I am not going to wait that long. Yeah. Okay. So you made these and they're called Alex, right? Yes. They're the Alex tucking panties. Oh my goodness. And they come in black, red, and antique rose and white. Antique rose, which is a fancy term for pink. <laughs> I love it. Adrian is a very color-oriented partner, person. Partner. Adrian is my yeah. partner. Uh, and he says that there is a difference between pink and antique rose, but I don't believe him <laughs> because I cannot see a difference. But he's an expert, so I will defer 
to his judgment. That's great. But for those of you out there who are like me, it's pink. Okay. It's, it's a very lovely pink. Yeah. It's, uh, I would call it an antique rose. <laughs> well, you have better color vision than me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, I love it. And so I'm on the Indiegogo page for it this, that you had already done. It's come and gone. Yes. And this is well, you? Well, they're still available on the Indiegogo page. Uh, you can still get them because they're now on Indiegogo In Demand. <gasps> really? So, yes, you can still get them there. Uh, and we will be offering them on our website as soon as we uh, are done with the, the pre-orders. Because that's a good deal. On Indiegogo, you have one pair is 25 and then you can get three pairs for 65 Oh, yes. you're donating three pairs. Well, there's a three pair pers- for personal option as well. Oh, that cool. should be the same price. Yeah, we yeah. we gave yes, the the folks who didn't necessarily have a phallus or didn't want to conceal a phallus but still wanted to help out the option of donating a pair. So we're donating something in the neighborhood of 250 pairs of these uh, to a charity uh, run by uh, 0.5 CC. Uh, who do a lot of binder and that sort of stuff for uh, transmasculine folks, but they have a, a giveaway program for their binders. And we're like, hey, do you want to give away a bunch of stuff for for trans ladies? And they were all like, heck yeah. Oh, I love it. I want to, okay, I want to participate. Let's tell people again where to go. You can go to wearevalid.com, uh, and there is a link there for uh, post-secondary and that should give people all the information they need and a link to the Indiegogo if they want to order right now. And once they are live on our website, there will be uh, ordering information there as well. Okay, awesome. Let's go on to the next letter of the alphabet, shall we? Yes, and do a Kegel. <laughs> Unless there's anything else we should know about tucking. You know, if you're, if you're tucking and it's painful or uncomfortable, you should stop. No matter, you know... Uh, most people who talk will tell you, oh, it's not that bad. So if you're actually feeling pain, that means something weird is going on and you should stop talking immediately as soon as it's safe to do so, uh, and make sure your bits are, are okay because I don't want anybody to get, to get hurt because they're like, that sounds awesome. I'm going to do that. Mm, I love how you phrase that with it being safe to do so. Well, you know, if you're in the middle of a crowded room, dropping your pants and, <laughs> and untucking is probably not the best idea. But if you can get to a bathroom or get to someplace private where you can do that, then, yeah, do that immediately because you, you want to take care of your body, even if that's a bit of your body that you don't like, mm-hmm. even if that's a bit of your body that, that makes you uncomfortable. It's better to have it be a healthy bit of your body that makes you uncomfortable mm-hmm. than an unhealthy part of your body that also makes you feel uncomfortable. Snap. Okay. Um, S. Kegel. Kegel. Sexplanaut. So this this comes from me originally wanting to name members of our community and calling us sex planeteers, and then someone came up with sexplanauts, uh, Daniel Winters, actually, and I tried to think of how we could have both exist. So sex planeteers are the people at large who either share, like, subscribe, watch, et cetera, the show, and then sexplanauts are those who specifically make an effort to support the channel in a financial way on our Patreon page. Oh. Yeah. That's very fancy. Right? 
I agree. Uh, okay, R. Clench raking. Do you know what raking is? I don't. That is new to me. This is something I learned in high school. It's when you scrape the teeth along the shaft during fellatio. Gotcha. Yeah. Some people are into it. Some people don't like it. That's that's the wonderful thing about most sex acts is that there's somebody out there who who's really into that. Aww. And if you find that person and you're into the same thing, it's amazing. Yeah. Or into complementary things. Yeah. Oh, I like it. Okay, Q. Quilt bag. Quilt bag. Oh, we're going to talk about the acronym, aren't we? Do you not like the acronym? The acronym was a wonderful thing when it started, when it was just a couple of letters. But now it's, it, to me, it's gotten so long that it's lost a lot of its usefulness. Okay, so you're referring to the initialism LGBTIQ, etc. Yeah, and then the quilt bag where everything goes in the quilt bag is a better term, but it's still so associated with that first acronym that that it it doesn't bother me. It's just, eh. I'm not a huge fan. What do you prefer to use? Uh, I actually tend to, uh, in my head at least, just honestly call everything queer Mm. because that's a nice shorthand. And if someone doesn't need to know specifics, that covers it. And if if they do want to know specifics, it gives them an opening to say, oh, you're queer. What, you know, how are you queer? Or, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So it's a conversation starter rather than I'm part of the quilt bag, which sounds really weird to me. Mm-hmm. I like community, which is just, oh, that's you good. know, queer community. And the one that I came up with years ago, but didn't know how to present to society as a cis hetero white person is ANDS, capital A-N-D-S. Okay. Uh, to just m- give a title to the populations that tend to get marginalized and bring them back in. It's like inclusion in the word itself yeah. and also recognition and validation of differences. That That is that is great because that, that is the downside with a lot of the, the terminologies. Somebody's going to feel left out. And especially with the acronym, it's so easy to drop letters or just not use proper letters. I've heard people who use, you know, LGBTQA and they tell me that the A stands for ally. And I'm like, okay, no, the the (laughs) A is for the asexual people. Ally is not a marginalized orientation. No, it's really not. The A used to be allies before asexuality was a well-known identity because so many of the communities that were being marked as LGBT really relied on the participation of allies for safety and numbers and that the they were included. And so that's why a lot of people, if you look at my generation, which you're a part of and older. I'm a part of your generation. You are. We are the same age. Well, I'm 36 now. But um, <laughs> we are not the same age, <laughs> you sweet summer child. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we used to have the A be allies and now it's switching totally and I think it's been reclaimed for asexuality and the whole initialism itself refers to those sexual and gender minorities but I I hear everybody 
Yeah, I mean, it's important to remember that you know uh, allies are great people. They're they're really trying to help. <laughs> the the big problem I have is a lot of allies that I have talked to over the years who specifically identify as oh I'm an ally. Mm-hmm. They feel like that they are just a, as marginalized and is in an, as much danger being an ally as I am as a a non-binary person who is wandering around with facial hair and lipstick. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that is not true at all, man. You're supporting gay rights. While I appreciate it, that's wonderful, doesn't get bricks thrown at your head. Right. So I may be touchy. (laughs) That's okay. You can have your stance there. There's room for everyone. And and I do think that at present, the A is being held by the asexual and aromantic communities. And I don't think that anyone is bothered by that. I just like to be really clear to share history with people of, of why it has been denoted as allies and why some people still do that. And it's because of its yeah. origins. Well, and I actually didn't know that part of the history because I was not, uh, when I was younger, I was not really part of any sort of organized LGBT activism. So that was news to me. I did not know that. I am now in my head modifying my stance a bit. Ooh. So you have educated me, Lindsay. So your your work here is done. <laughs> it's not actually done because we have got a lot of the alphabet left. But. Okay, well then let's do it. P, pedomentia. I that that is new to me. I don't know what that is. This is uh, when somebody thinks that foot size correlates with penis size. It's called pedimentia. Uh, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> there is no science to back that up. <laughs> oh, I have a uh, size seven feet, thirty-seven in European sizes, and I I don't know how the length of my shaft measures up of my clitoris. So I, see, I couldn't say. Does that, is that something that applies to, uh, to people who identify as women though? Because I've never heard it used in that context. No, 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 no. I've never heard a dude say, oh, see the size of that lady's feet? I bet she's got a huge clit. <laughs> but it's the I've same. I've literally never heard that. It's the same embryonic tissue, which is why I'm just pointing out that it's kind of silly because we don't do it to the clitoris, but definitely to penis. Definitely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's so weird. Okay, O is for os. Os? Yes. See, you're stumping me with all of these. I'm glad. This is this is good. I'm learning so much. Os is, um, specifically the cervical, os is the hole in the cervix that goes from the vagina to the uterus. Now you know. Aha. Now I know. N, non-monogamy. Oh, that one I know. <laughs> That's like your specialty. <laughs> Uh, so non-monogamy is uh, is exactly what it sounds like. It is people who are uh, not monogamous in their relationships. In the best case, they are open and honest about that. But that term can be applied to people who are cheating on their significant other. Um, those people are terrible. You shouldn't do that ever. Not cool. Not cool at all. But uh, yeah, non-monogamy as a you know open, honest communication where you and your partner or partners sit down and say, hey, and work through things and talk it out and make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Of course, I live in Portland and I'm told that literally everyone here is non-monogamous. I have no evidence of that because I have no social life to speak of. But yeah, it's sad. 
Uh, you identify as non-monogamous, though. I do. I do. Um, my spouse and I have been non-monogamous for basically the entirety of our marriage. So, like, 10 years now? Mm-hmm. 12? Yeah, I don't know. A lot of years. After the first five years, you just kind of stop counting, in my experience. So, But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we've been... Uh, We've been non-monogamous the entirety and the entire time that we have been legally bound to each other, mm-hmm. uh, and it's worked out great for us. That's wonderful. Yeah, I, I remember when we started Polytana, which takes the name of the state because you used to live here, Montana, and we we're replacing the Mon with Poly to do a play on words of monogamy to polyamory, and how you built this beautiful website and shared some testimonies. And did a, a Q&A for people of frequently asked questions that non-monogamists are asked. And I just loved it so much. It oh, was yeah, so Oh, yeah, that awesome. was fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, M, I don't know how to pronounce this correctly, but it. I'm going to do my best. It's Meitel Schmerz. It's M-I-T-T-E-L-S-C-H-M-E-R-Z. Meitel Schmerz. Sure. Do you speak I, German? I, I speak a little bit of German. So middle, middle is middle, mm-hmm. I think. Yes, correct. Schmerz uh, is is like a a pain. Yeah, that was think. awesome. Good job. So middle hurts. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's referring to ovulation when the abdomen is in pain because follicles are rupturing as they're put, mm. being pushed out of the ovary. That makes sense. Yeah. So I actually have an M word that uh, that I, I don't know if you know it or not. So Woo! I'm going to try and teach it to you. Thank you. So uh, M for muffing, which is uh, something that uh, people who were born with phalluses, who were born with male anatomy, tend to do. It is the insertion of either fingers or dildos or what have you into the inguinal canals. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just learned about this like a year ago and it became a bit of an obsession for a while. Uh, so, yeah. Do you participate in muffing? I have. I, I have. It is an experience. Um, I don't know it's an experience I want all the time. Yeah. But uh, there are some times where I'm like, you know what? I, I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you, you get nice and relaxed and you, you, you do your stuff and, and uh, hopefully there's a happy ending. Is it pleasurable for you? Uh, it can be. It can definitely be. Uh, the first few times I tried it, I was too worried about doing it right to actually get any enjoyment out of it. And when I gave up on like, am I doing this right? Am I properly muffing? Uh, (laughs) Then it got way more fun. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there is enough room in there for testicles. And so it really depends on what all you're trying to insert yeah. And people have asked me about the safety of it. I don't think that there is a ton of research on penetration of the canal that way, but I I have heard of it. I listed it as one of the 150 sex acts in we have a Sexplanations YouTube episode called 150 Sex Acts and Muffing is on there. Awesome. Same with kangarooing. If I'm remembering correctly, kangarooing is when you would penetrate the end of an amputated limb. Huh. Okay. <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly, let's do L for lupinar. Okay. Lupinar. For that, again, I'm learning so much today. So loop 
is referring to wolf. And then this is essentially the wolf den. It's where the sex workers in um, Pompeii brothels would do their work. And it's called a wolf den because they would howl at potential clients so that the clients would know where they were and come follow the penis sculptures in the roads to to have sex with them. And then what's yeah. so cool, so I've actually been to Lupinar, is that you do, in the, in, the, in the streets of Pompeii, they have phalluses carved into the streets so that you can tell they're pointing, the erections are pointing yeah. in the direction of the brothel. And then when you get in, there are all of these paintings on the walls of different sex positions so that essentially the client could point and say, I would like this or this or this and get what they want. That is wonderful. Right? Hopefully it was also consensual. Well, hopefully. How about K for creplets? For (laughs) what now? I mean, part of it is that I chose words that I also did not know at the time because I think that there's a higher likelihood that that more people are being educated. If the sexologist doesn't know the terms, then yay, we're going to reach a broader audience. So K for creplets is a Kidler Capper word referring to units of love, energy, and affection that a person has for themselves and for others. Okay, gotcha. So I didn't realize that was a word because we were talking about non-monogamy earlier. To segue back to that, um, when my partner and I were first describing it, we came up with a term for that uh, called buckets. <gasps> I love it! And so we, when, when people that we were sort of coming out to did that, uh, one of the typical responses to non-monogamy is, well, you know, aren't you afraid you're going to spread your love too thin? We'd say, well, we keep our love in buckets, and if we find someone else, we can just get another bucket. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, I think it's a little different because creplets are saying that we only have so much energy to give other people, but it's not saying that you can't share that energy with multiple people or give more to yourself and re-up that. That's I, true. I do. I love buckets, though. That's great. Okay. Jay for jelking. Jelking? Mm-hmm. Jay. I have literally no idea what that is. This is... I feel so uneducated today. This Make, is awesome. Yes, it is awesome. I love this. Um, it's J-E-L-Q-I-N-G. And this is a penis enlargement technique where you're essentially milking it, like stroke and gotcha. squeeze and stroke and squeeze. Yep. Yep, yep. Okay. I, and don't forget to do your Kegel. Uh, I'm not. Intermasium. Intermasium. Uh, it's, you know, in the masium. <laughs> Obviously. I don't know what a masium is, but. Uh, it's the etymology of it would be mazos, which is uh, Greek for breasts. So enter the breasts. Yes. Uh, Yes. Between between the breasts. Between, yeah. So um, I think what you would call it is cleavage. Yeah, that that's probably the term I would be most familiar with. <laughs> I hope, though, that we use intermasium the next time we're referring to someone's cleavage. I, I am going to try to make that a part of my everyday conversation. <laughs> that is a great word. I like it, too. Okay, H, hedonism. Oh, that's that's classic. You know, hedonism is doing something simply for the pleasure of it. Yes. 
Uh, G, Gaylees. Yep, learning so much today. It's slang. Um, It's referring to a language used by people who identify as gay to express their identity, subculture, and beliefs about each other. Oh, okay. Also called gay speak, fag lag, or fag lang, faglish, gale, buff talk, or the queen's vernacular. I love English. It's such a wonderful (laughs) language. Yeah, I like it too. Um, Felatrix is F, Felatrix. Uh, well, so fellatio, obviously, and tricks is someone who does it. So it's someone who, uh, who is performing fellatio. Yay. So what I love about going back and looking at these past episodes of Sexplanation's YouTube show is that the definition I had was a woman performing fellatio. And I love how now the tricks is really about the person doing it and it doesn't have a gender identity. So I would agree with you that it's just a person performing fellatio. No gender specificity. E, edging. Getting really close to orgasm, but not actually orgasming. Yay! That one I know. Yay! Applause. It's also called peaking and surfing. Okay, dogging. D for dogging. So the only dogging that I am familiar with is the uh, people who are having relatively uh, anonymous, relatively public sex. Yes, you got it. Yay. Yeah. Terminology changes so fast that I don't know if that's still the definition for it. So, Well, you're right. I don't know if that's still the definition either, but that was the definition four years ago. So you still win. Yay. I like winning. C, catfished. Oh, I know that has to do with, with like dating sites and social media and being misled somehow, but I don't remember the specifics. Exactly. So believing that there is a romantic relationship happening when it's just being fabricated by an online predator. Jerks. Mm, no. How about B, binding? Binding? Mm-hmm. So binding is where a person with breasts would uh, compress them against the chest to present a more masculine chest area. Yay! Do you recommend any good binders? Uh, so a lot of people will suggest Underworks. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Underworks binders. There is a company, uh, GC2B, I believe is what they're called, but I'm going to double check that, Okay. Uh, who make excellent binders. Uh, we met them at a gender conference a few years, not even a few years ago, like last year, mm-hmm. and they are... They are delightful people. GC2B. Their binders are awesome. How do you determine a good binder? What are the qualifications for you? So a good binder is going to be something that compresses well, but does not constrict. Mm. So it's it's a really fine line. Underworks binders, which is what a lot of uh, trans guys start out with, are really good at compression, but they tend to compress too much and so they can cause back pain and they can make breathing more difficult uh so that that's too much the the gc binders are slightly less constrictive but they're still compressing the chest really nicely Mm. and they come in cool colors okay now we know so much information ready for the last letter that i have let's do the last letter I don't know if my pronunciation is correct, but it's amyachesis. A-M-Y-C-H-E-S-I-S. I have 
I mean, I want to say it has something to do with cheese, but I don't <laughs> think that's correct. It, uh, it is scratching during sex. Oh, okay. Which I think is one of the coolest things that I have learned on Sexplanations is that there is a word for that behavior of, at least for me, when I am so intensely aroused and um, very into my nature versus nurture, I just want to, like, fuck, then I'm glad that there is a term for it. That is, a, it's a good term. I did not know there was a technical term for that. Now I can, you know, update my FetLife profile with I'm totally into omniochesis. 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 Omni I'm going to wait till they transcribe <laughs> this and then I will pull the word from the transcription. Perfect. Okay. Are there any other words you want me to know? Uh, actually, the only other real word, well, not real word, but the only other word that I would love to talk about is not actually a word. It's a prefix, which is demi, and it can be applied to a lot of other terms like sexual, demisexual. It's a part of the asexual community that does experience sexual attraction, only it, there has to be an intense emotional connection beforehand. And I think the, the demi community a lot of times gets forgotten almost even more than the the ace community because they're such they're in that weird place where they're part of the asexual community but they experience they still experience sexual attraction so they get a lot of pushback from all sides and uh and i think that's not cool because you you hear stories about people who are best friends for like 10 years and then suddenly they're married mm -hmm. probably demisexual people very likely just saying well i'm glad that you gave a shout out to the Demi community because I feel like we have a lot of people in the Sexplanations community who identify as Demi, but also in the world at large, it's nice to honor them and validate them, give them space and recognition. Yeah. Well, and the great thing about Demi is it, it doesn't just apply to, to sexual orientations. You can apply it to gender. I know some lovely people who identify as either a Demi boy or a Demi girl. They're, they're like, I'm mostly outside the gender binary, but you know, I have this connection to either masculinity or femininity. And I think that's awesome that you can have a, a term that reminds you that, yeah, I'm outside of this, but I still feel it. Mm -hmm. So if you identify as a demi boy, is that someone who is more toward the um, male end of a spectrum, if we were to lay it out like that, who doesn't feel totally male? That would uh, that would be a really awesome working de definition. Uh, a demi boy, most of the demi boys I know are pretty gender neutral overall, mm -hmm. but they have some tie to masculinity. They were either assigned male when they were born and don't want to fully deny that, mm -hmm. or that they're just like I'm into you know more masculine, more what we associate with masculine things than I am to feminine things. So, but I'm not really a boy, so I'm a demi boy. Gotcha. What is your um, gender identity these days? I so I'm kind of old fashioned in the in the non-binary sense that uh, I still identify as genderqueer, hmm. which is uh, I, I your gender is your business. My gender is my business. I'm going to be kind of obnoxious about it when I can get away with it. <laughs> like when it's safe to to be all up in your face. I'm, I'm going to do that. And other than that, I'm just going to wander around. I'm going to have my purse with me and 
usually uh, a couple of days worth of scruff on my face, mostly because I hate shaving, not because I, I want to present in any masculine sense. I just, I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't like shaving either. I think it hurts. It can. It is not fun. <laughs> so on that note, do we want to give our audience some sexter credit? Uh, I think we should absolutely give the audience some sex credit. A little homework so you don't forget it. Here's Dr. Dose's sex credit. Do you have anything in mind? I don't. I would like you to come up with this because I, I had forgotten that sex credit was a thing. Um, I think that it would be great if they checked out your website. And I also think that it would be great if we all evaluated our relationship to body hair and gender just just like take two minutes and journal about the relationship of body hair and gender that's awesome sex for credit i love that (laughs) good i'm glad that you like it i hope everybody got 26 kegels in if you didn't throw a few more clenches in there for the letters of the alphabet that we did before giving that prompt Uh, i'm doing a bunch right now and it's very exciting Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, you're very welcome. I had a really good time. Good. I'm glad. I hope that good things come from it and that um, people are more educated because of our learning processes. I hope so. I also want to thank Callie and Cinema Studios for production, Complexly for hosting this show, and Count Boogie for the jingles, and Cora and Parl. I'm still learning. Mm